Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 90 Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, Turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it's past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away, they are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning, and the morning it nurses and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are consumed by your anger, by your wrath we are overwhelmed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days pass away under your wrath, our years come to an end like a sigh. The days of our life are seventy years, or perhaps eighty if we are strong. Even then their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger? Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. So teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many members as you have afflicted us, and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. O prosper the work of our hands. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 18 through 29 Then King, King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. May this be instruction for the people, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. Because of your promise and according to your own heart, you have wrought all this greatness, so that your servant may know it. Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is no one like you, and there is no God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Who is like your people, like Israel? Is there another nation on earth whose God went to redeem it as a people, and to make a name for himself, doing great and awesome things for them, by driving up before his people nations and their gods? And you establish your people, Israel, for yourself, to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, as for the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, confirm it forever. Do as you have promised. Thus your name will be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made this revelation to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it Please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. 
For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 16. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Good morning and welcome to the first Tuesday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. Our morning's readings come to us from Psalm 90, 2 Samuel 7, and Revelation 22. And at the very end, there's this um, interesting mention of the tree of life. And the tree of life back in Genesis is, um, is one of two trees that God has placed in the Garden of Eden, one being the tree of knowledge and the other being the tree of life. And we know that the tree of knowledge was um, the tree that Adam and Eve ate from. It's probably a fig tree because they were dressed in fig leaves, but for some reason we think of it as an, as an apple tree. Um, and the other, the tree of life, um, uh, makes its appearance as they are getting kicked out. God says basically, um, you know, now that they know, um, that they might know, um, the uh, they might eat from the tree of life and therefore live forever. And so the tree of life is the other fruit-bearing tree that they are, uh, they're not supposed to eat from. I, I'm pretty sure it, when God says don't eat from the tree of knowledge and don't eat from the tree of life, I'm pretty sure he mentions both of them. And so God sets up uh, Michael at the east gate of Eden um, with a flaming sword to keep them from finding Eden again and therefore eating of the tree of life and living forever with knowledge. Um, and so here in Revelation, it makes its appearance again in reference or in quick succession to a reference to the root and descendant of David. Um, the, the tree of life um, talks, uh, John talks about it um, as being a tree that those whose robes are washed in white will have the right to eat of the tree of life and enter the city by the gates. The city being the new Jerusalem, but also referencing Eden, like the new Jerusalem is in in all intents and purposes, Eden. Um, and the tree of life has been there the whole time. The tree of knowledge has been there as well. But now after their robes have been washed in white, they have the right to eat of these trees that before they weren't supposed to eat of. Well, we've already eaten of the tree of knowledge. But now we'll have the opportunity and the right to eat from the tree of life. And there's something deeply ingrained in us, you know, to want to, you know, survive, right? The the instinct of survival is one of the strongest that, you know, I think we have. Um, but that isn't necessarily our best instinct. Um, one of the things that I write in God is a Grunt that I think deserves some discussion is the idea that um, sometimes survival is not a virtue. 
you know, the point of the Christian life, at least, is not to live as long as you can. Um, in fact, like, <laughs> I actually think that probably hinders your case at living a good life because the older you get, the more, the more time you have and the more opportunities you have to sin. But that's another thing, another conversation, I suppose. Um, and we hear that same kind of interest in David saying, may my house go on forever. And he isn't going to live forever, but there's something in his desire and his um, request to God of certainly not his own eternal life, but to be known forever, to be um, uh, to have his family and his people and his lineage um, live forever, and more widely Israel. Um, but I, there were a couple references to his own house, right? Um, and it's not that survival is bad. I don't think that's the, the takeaway, but I do think that sometimes we um, we miss the forest for the trees. We you know we we settle for the good, um, and we miss the perfect. You know we we want to live as long as possible um, instead of living as well as possible, and I mean that in a moral sense, like. I think we're called to be good people. I think we're called to be humans, and humans are made good, capable of evil, but made good. Um, and so sometimes this survival instinct, um, you know, can be really strong. And we learn that in battle. We how we learn that in boot camp. Um, but we shouldn't take that very basic instinct, uh, the very primal urge to survive. We shouldn't reify that and make that our God. Survival is not a virtue. Um, and of course, as a, a veteran, I can't talk about survival and non-survival without talking about suicide. Um, you know, suicide shows us that sometimes survival is a means of resistance. Um, that sometimes, you know, the, the, you know, Paul talks about wanting to leave and be with Christ and I don't think he was suicidal, but I do think he was being pretty pragmatic and saying, look, sometimes living in this world is hard, but we don't choose to end our own lives, even though um, soldiers know and Christians should know that a long life is not necessarily a good life. Um, there's a balance, you know, moderation in everything, as my mom used to say, um, or um, also Aristotle, you know, the uh, virtue is the uh, mean or an average between two vices. Um, it isn't being totally all about one thing, it's about the two extremes being equally harmful and finding a moderating ground. You know, we don't try and live forever, and we also don't try and take our own lives. Um, and those who prevail on that, you know, moral quest or purpose, um, they will have their robes washed in white, and they'll they will re-enter Eden and be given the right to eat of the tree of life, um, while everybody else who, you know, try to make something of themselves in the wrong way, you know, sorcerers, dogs, I get, I don't know what they're trying to say, fornicators, murderers, idolaters, um, they they won't, um, they won't be given the right to eat the tree of life, and their memory and their own, their very selves will eventually fade away. Um, 
And so, you know, David shows us that it's okay to want to, you know, be remembered and um, even to um, have our family and our lineage be remembered. Um, but it isn't about living forever. It isn't about making our lives as long as, as we can, but making them and ourselves as good as we can. A prayer for the whole human family, adapted from the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you made us in your image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all cultures and genders may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.